This podcast is sponsored by Microlink, the UK's largest assistive technology and workplace adjustment provider. to this latest uh, instalment of the Business Disability Forum's podcast series. I'm Lucy Ruck, the Technology Task Force Manager, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to David Caldwell, the IT Accessibility Manager at Barclays. Hello, David. Hey, Lucy. (laughs) So we thought it would be good today to focus on one of the tools that we use within the Technology Task Force with the support of its partners, which is the Accessibility Maturity Model, or the AMM for sure, because otherwise it's just a bit of a mouthful. But rather than you listening to me talking about it, David and I will have a bit of a chat um, to give you some of the background to it, um, pass on some of their best practice about how they go about using it. So, as with all our podcasts, we really want to hear from you. So, we really appreciate your feedback. If you'd like to email us at media at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk or you can call us at our London offices on 020-7403. 3020 or tweet us at our Twitter handle at Disability Smart. So, David, I've got some questions. Should we get started? Yeah, bring it on. Excellent. Right. So, I know that you know all about the AMM and what it is and, and how it works, but can you tell us a bit about it, um, how it was developed, and how you came to be involved? Yeah, sure. So, um, the AMM or Accessibility Maturity Model is a tool that's been designed to help organisations assess their current level of accessibility maturity. And it also helps them to identify areas that they need to do more work in. Uh, in essence, it's designed to answer the age-old question, what does good look like? Um, and it was originally developed by the Technology Task Force in 2008 um, by members uh, with support of members such as Lloyds, uh, DWP and HMRC. It, it, but in 2016, uh, we took a fresh look at the AMM to see how it could be better aligned to another tool, the Accessibility Technology Charter and to make it a tool for organisations to use to help them to track their progress against that charter as well. Excellent. So we've touched on the charter there. Um, Can you tell me a little bit more about what the charter is and how does the AMM link to that? So the charter, which launched in 2011... Do you know what, David? I'm loving the stats there. That's marvellous. Thanks, Lucy. (laughs) Um, So yeah, the charter sets out 10 commitments around good practice in ICT, which organisations can sign up to. As the AM was cr- AMM was created before the Charter, there was a bit of a mismatch between the checkpoints in the Charter and the uh, items in the AMM, so we decided to align them closer together. The AMM became a tool to help organisations track and monitor themselves against their commitments, uh, but also to give them a sense of what the commitments around the ATC uh, really are. Um, and we're seeing members use the AMM a lot more uh, since we uh, aligned it closer to the uh, charter because that's what they've signed up to deliver and to commit to. It's just more practical. It's a bit more interlinked, isn't it? They complement each other quite nicely. They do, yeah. Excellent. Can you tell us a bit about how Barclays used the AMM? Maybe a bit of history around that, how you came to use it, how you use it now maybe, um, and just fill us in on that. Yeah, sure. So I think historically we've we've used it as a as a we have to tool um, because it's uh, it's part of our commitments under the Accessible Technology Charter. Um, but since the changes, we're using it a lot more proactively and we're using it as a uh, leadership engagement tool. Um, leaders love a good capability maturity model uh, and uh, this is no different. It helps them to, to, to see where um, the organisation is doing well and where we need more focus. 
Um, so, so recently, uh, since we changed the uh, model, we updated it, we've adopted an approach that, that we like to call an SME review. Um, and so essentially, um, Barclays has a centre of excellence team, of which I'm a part of, um, and we're best placed, we think, to, to know about accessibility in the broadest terms across the organisation. Uh, so what we do as a team uh, is we come together and independently rate ourselves uh, against each of the 10 uh, areas of the AMM. And then uh, we pull together uh, all of our ratings and we come up with a, an average rating, which we discuss and we debate. And sometimes it gets a little heated and sometimes we identify areas that, that people don't know enough about in the team. So not only is it a great tool uh, for our team to be able to track the maturity across the whole organisation, it also helps us to understand which bits of projects other members of the team need to be pulled in on. Okay, so you talked about the maturity model and you've talked about sort of the 10 points in the charter. Um, Within that, I, I always think of it very much as like a grid formation. So down the left-hand side, you've got the charter points, one to ten, and across the top, you've got sort of one to five, with one being quite poor and five being kind of best practice. It's I suspect the scores are quite ranging for different task force members within that. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the sort of scores look like and you know what people might expect when they first, first start completing the accessibility maturity model? Well, oh, that's a long word, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Um, so, if I'm honest, what people should expect is for their scores to be quite low. Generally, what we've seen in the task force is a, a bit of fear that having a low score means you're doing badly. All it means is that maybe your focus isn't quite right, or you're doing some great things, but they're a bit scattergun. The way that the model works, you're quite right, that, that it works from one to five. Um, and as you progress through those areas, your maturity increases. So one being, well, actually, you're not really doing very much. Two means you've got a process in place, but it's not quite quite being rolled out. Three is the process is starting to work. And four and five are, are kind of the high-performing areas. And so what we see is people moving quite quickly through some of the charter points. So the ones at the very top, so the numbers one, two, three, tend to be ones where people accelerate quite quickly. But ones further down, which look at procurement and sharing best practice, mm. tend to take a little bit longer because they're harder for for. for for organisations to deliver. So actually the best way to, to think about it is if you start in the top left, um, you'll finish in the bottom right. So moving uh, progressively across all of that um, will, will help to, to keep things moving. And with all these things, it's not a kind of neat and practical, you're in this box and you jump neatly onto the next one. Sometimes you kind of overlap into a couple of boxes almost, if you like, aren't you? So we talked about, before about sort of half scores in that, and that's been quite useful, I think, for people as well, hasn't it? It is, and we sort of introduced half scores more formally as part of the refresh and encouraged people to use half scores to, to recognise that they are doing some good work and to show progress. There's nothing worse than sitting at a score for months or years because actually the bits to get to a full score or just that little bit too difficult that little half score really helps companies to to, to feel the momentum uh, moving in their organizations okay so we've talked about how barclays use use the amm we've also run this a couple of times with the wider technology task force team um, can you tell us a little bit about that and and how they found that experience yeah so there's um uh, we've done it twice now uh, we did it back in 2016 and again in 2017 we bring together um, task force members and we fill it out as a, as a, as a group to come up with a, 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 a task force average. Um, 
and it, and in that way we do it um, as an SME review. It's it's the the, the leaders in that, that room who do it. Um, what we have seen actually through conversation with the task force members is that there's some other ways of doing it um, that that we recognise. And we created a best practice guide actually that, that that talks in detail about the different approaches. Um, so the other ones that we found, and there's bound to be more. This is definitely not exhaustive. Um, so we've SME review, which I which I just talked through uh, a moment ago, uh, which involves a centre of excellence team. Uh, or a, a group of people who know accessibility really well, coming up with the score for, for the organisation, who are best placed to do that. The second way is is sort of committee review, and it's, it's quite similar to SME review, but in that situation you pull together SME, you pull together people across the organisation who are best placed, so you might bring in the head of sourcing, or you might bring in uh, the head of facilities, depending on, depending on your organisation. And in a committee room, in, around the table, you discuss and you review what you all think and you come to a collective consensus um, then the final way is sort of the, the most formal uh, approach where you use that similar approach where you find people in the organization who might be best placed so like i said the head of sourcing for example and they review and submit the score so it feels a bit more like a, a benchmarking exercise where you're taking uh, feedback from across the organization and what we tend to find is that organizations who are new to the amm use that approach because it it, it's the most formal approach, but it also helps them to find champions across the organisation, which is a key part of the mm -hmm. AMM itself. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we've talked about sort of you've, we've talked about some of the resources that we've got on the the task force website, and it's useful to sort of say that if you go to the main BDF website, there's links from the homepage onto the technology task force pages. And if you then click onto the accessible technology charter, it then gives you those ten points. And I'm sorry. It's a bit long-winded, but then if you go into each of those 10 points, there's a, a we're building up quite a library of resources now to really help guide people. And I always remember um, a member of the task force saying to me, this is the stuff I wish I'd have known when I started off doing this accessibility stuff. And I think that's what it is. It's quite common sense, practical guidance. And I think now we've got something like 15 guides or and 10 or 12 case studies. And that includes some information from Barclays as well, like your poor principles, um, links to the YouTube stuff you've done recently and so on. So it's an ever-growing um, library resource, I think, for us. Um, so there are 10 points on the AMM. So I think we've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but am I best to kind of aim to score myself, see where I am, and then work out, oh, okay, so I've set my target scores of where I want to get to, or do I just do two or three at once? So you talked about sort of starting in the top left and working down. Um, what, what other approaches, or how would you really recommend to really make sure this works? Because what we want is to kind of give people those sort of best practice guidance, those keys to success of making this achievable. Yeah, so I think... It, it's probably the, the best thing to do is to, to go through the whole thing and to, to score yourself. That way you'll know where you're doing really well and where you need some improvement. And the, the tool will give you some guidance about what you need to do to, to get to the, each score. Um, it's probably then worth, at that point, sitting down and working out, well, what's the stuff that we can do now? And what's the stuff that's going to take some time? And focusing on the stuff that you can do now. Um, I've not met an organisation yet that, that doesn't value um, progress. Uh, and that quick wins isn't a thing, uh, isn't something that they they really want to do. So, finding those things that you can sort of say, well, actually, to get from a a one to a two, there's three simple things I can do. Well, let's do that now because that will help to show progress. It'll help with my conversations with my CIO or the person in charge of technology in my organisation to really help them to sort of buy into what you're doing, 
and then maybe they'll release some money to be able to do other things or give you some extra resources and in the world of accessibility those things are really important and I think it's proving you've actually achieved something to show its worth and then get on and do some next things. It's like a project plan almost, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. What makes it achievable? I think it's also worth pointing out, this is not something that people can do overnight. This this takes years mm. and years. And and what we found actually from, from conversations with members, and we've experienced it ourselves, sometimes you go backwards. Yeah. Sometimes you might be at like a four and then something happens in the organisation, something changes. Yeah. And you go back down to a three or a two even. But you know, that can be so useful sometimes to have documented your scores and be able to show the people who've maybe had made the decisions that have caused that impact to say, well, actually, because that system went in, our scores have now changed. Yeah. So it's an incredibly useful management tool, isn't it? It gives some really nice stats. Now, I'm thinking about the, the scores that the people have. People may be thinking the technology task force, well, surely everyone in the task force is scoring fives on everything. But that's not really the case, is it? No, it's really not. <laughs> Um, I think the average score that we worked out last time was about two and a half. I was going to say, was it 2.4 or something? I think it might be. Accurate I think it was 2.4, which is interesting. Which given is sort of across we... the board and down, averaged out. Yeah. There was a lot of kind of twos and threes there were, yeah. in there, weren't there? And I think, for me, I always say to people, accessibility just doesn't happen by mistake. You've really got to work at it. And it's not because people have designed stuff to be inaccessible. They just haven't considered it when they're pulling stuff together. So for me, it's about getting it on the radar, having a plan of action and, and how you implement it. And the AMM is a really useful place to start with that. Okay, so I'm interested to talk to you a little bit more about the wider stuff Barclays do. And I realise that the AMM is only part of that approach to accessibility. So can you kind of give me a little bit of a whistle-stop tour of other things that you are doing? Um, you've got an accessibility team, and I know that's quite unusual within this space. People are quite envious of that. I'm sure you'd like more people and more resources. But um, can you tell us a little bit maybe about, in, in sort of in a nutshell, how that came about and um, what the benefits are and why it works for, for your team that you work within? Sure. I, I think actually one of the, if not the most important thing that, that we ever did was to sign up to the Accessible Technology Charter. Um, and I I'm think, so glad you said that. <laughs> I, I, I can see it in your eyes, Lucy, <laughs> that you're glad that I said that. And I think the reason that that was so important is that for, for us, that wasn't, that wasn't something we did lightly. That's something that we took time to think about. And it's something that we take really seriously because for us to sign something very public, to say that we want to achieve something, means that we have to try to achieve it and in all honesty the, the charter isn't easy to achieve mm. particularly for an organization of our size um, and so to do that we need to have dedicated resource to do that we can't do it off the side of our desks and fundamentally we can't do it with one man and in our case one man and his dog uh, for those yeah. of you who know Paul um, so yeah so our team has has grown over the years uh, it started uh, with Paul um, and then I joined the team and Kurt joined the team um, and we've got Helen who's obviously been around for, for, for forever uh, but our team's growing which is fantastic we've we've sort of uh, got two new recruits joining one's joined and one's joining really soon um, but fundamentally what the team's there to do is to help us to achieve what we set out to achieve under the accessible technology charter um, um, and it's worth noting actually as much as we signed up to the charter a couple of months after we did that our then chairman uh, David, Sir David Walker came up with a really bold statement for Barclays that we have this ambition at the time to become the most accessible and inclusive bank and that was a full stop after that and mm. um, 
we changed it um, last year actually we updated it um, and Ashok Viswani who is our um, sponsor for accessibility so we get a tick in the in the in the, mm. in the sponsor box yeah. in the uh, AMM um, revised that that ambition so we now have an ambition to become the most accessible and inclusive company in the FTSE 100 mm. and that for us is scary mm. but it's also brilliant because having a separate ambition that's something that we've decided to do and that our business leaders have signed up to gives us extra emphasis so it's not that we're trying to just achieve the accessible technology charter we want to do more we want to we want to um show business leadership and thought leadership in this area this isn't something that sits alone just within the it department this is across barclays isn't it so it's important to have it embedded across multiple areas within the business yeah, it's so. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's. Ashok talks about it being. Uh, this isn't CSR for us or, or, or citizenship. It's it's not corporate responsibility, social responsibility. Mm. It's fundamental to our future business success. And what's nice is he is we actually believe that we fundamentally believe that accessibility is not a box ticking exercise. We fundamentally believe that it's not a legal exercise for us. It it's it's rooted in pure commercials. We see this as as something that without we're going to fail as, a, as, a, as an organisation in the future. If you think about how banking is changing, we're moving much more to being digital organisations. We've got challenger organisations like Monzo Bank who are completely digital and have a brilliant experience whilst also being accessible and thinking about customers' needs that, that, that maybe because of our size we can't do so, so quickly. But we need to be able to show that actually we're playing in that space. And so as we move to being a more digital bank, as well as keeping our retail infrastructure, we have to think about accessibility in every single decision we make. Lovely. Thank you for that. So thank you very much, David. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, they can do that via itaccessibility at barclays.com or via at Barclays Access on Twitter. Um, again, really interested to hear what you think. Um, hopefully you've enjoyed it and found it useful. But we would like your feedback, so please do get in touch. And again, the email address is media at businessdisabilityforum.org.uk or you can call us at 020-7403-3020 or tweet us at disabilitysmart. So I hope you found this podcast useful and you have a better understanding of how the AMM might help you um, within your business. And lastly, to say a very big thank you to David for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is sponsored by Microlink, the UK's largest assistive technology and workplace adjustment provider.